Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 273, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I am Chris Featherstone. Follow us at Crave Wrestling. On Twitter, and of course, join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. I am really, really, really excited to interview this person for the second time on the show. Uh, it was a, a bit of a different tone last time uh, because this person did not uh, have the championship that he currently holds. But now it's funny how wrestling works, and we kind of had that discussion before last time he was on the show. And right place, right time, just the the perfect timing. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to present to you the newly crowned Impact Wrestling X Division Champion, none other than Sanjay Dutt. How are you tonight, sir? How are you? How's everything Doing great. Like I said, uh, it was a bit of a different uh, tone last time. A couple months ago when you were on the show, uh, you were just kind of – doing your indie work and just really kind of I think we had a conversation about you having some some thoughts about reviving yourself and your career you've been around uh this wrestling business for a long time or should I say uh the words of Dust Road is wrestling business uh for a long time and it's really interesting uh, you had a very poignant uh, promo with with low key about uh, just the, the old stomping grounds of you both competing against each other, you know, 15 years ago for Impact Wrestling, and uh, just your it's just a really interesting journey that you never won the championship, and and now it became it, it became to your favor because it became the perfect storyline for you to win in your home country. 
Yeah, it was, uh, you know, right place, right time, like kind of said, being in India, and it, it, these puzzle pieces kind of falling into place, and you know, uh, all the stars aligning, the story being told, the right place, uh, being in India, uh, never winning it, everything kind of all, all came to a head, and it was uh, the perfect storm for me to kind of come out on top here uh, in Mumbai, India, in front of my home country, and finally win the exhibition title for the first yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you won the title, and of course it's a, it was a 15-year-long journey for you, so it's a lot more time than the other example I can think of is when Tommy Dreamer, uh, you know, he was in ECW and, and came so close so many times of winning the ECW championship, and then finally, I believe when they were on TNN, he won it for like an hour or something like that. Of course, you're uh, longer than an hour, so you've defeated that uh, that record. Uh, but yeah, just that that story that all just kind of came along. Uh, how did it start? I mean, what uh, was was it a matter of impact um, knowing that they were going to go to India? Because I know that you and Shira were both very focal points of their India trip. Uh, when were discussions, uh, you know, kind of generated as far as you coming back? Uh, you know, um, let's see, I came back, uh, I guess, I came back uh, in a behind-the-scenes capacity in March, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I first appeared on, on camera in April, but, uh, you know, it was just something that uh, kind of fit, you know, it just kind of fit, and we, we knew we were going to India, and, and uh, the story has always been told that, uh, you know, I have something that I've never been able to accomplish and whatnot, uh, you know, we felt that if I'm going to come back, that's the route we're going to go, and, uh, you know, Soon after that, we figured out we're going to India, and, you know, that's wrestling. Timing is everything, and it all kind of just uh, worked out perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 really funny how wrestling works. It really is. I mean, we just saw WWE Goldberg making a return at 50. You know, timing just fit just there. I guess, you know, it's really a, a, an encouraging thing, you know, you being in your mid-30s and, and being in the wrestling business for a long time. What can you give uh, a person who's been kind of, you know, clawing and scratching in the indies for, you know, five, seven, eight years? How, you know, how can this story uh, of you being, you know, in and out of impact for 15 years finally and, and using that to your advantage, how can you encourage someone who's also kind of been clawing and scratching within the indie circuit trying to get that break? Well, I think it all comes down to, you know, if you really do want something in life, yeah. you know, it's something that you, you never give up. And, um, you know, I, I was under contract for, gosh, six total years. I left. I came back. I, and, you know, and I kind of I would come back. I'd leave. I'd come back. I'd leave. I'd come back. I'd leave. And, and, you know, part of that was my own doing. Um, I didn't want to sign a contract. But anyway, you know, this time around, you know, everything just kind of fit perfect. And in the midst of all those Starts and stops, you know, with with that company, and I, I never lost sight of what I really wanted it, it, is to be a pro wrestler, and it's the only job I've ever had. I, I, I continue to make a living with or without being under contract to anyone, you yeah. know, and uh, had some offers from ROH, had some offers from WWE, and uh, you know, it just shows that if you really do want something, which you know, for a lot of guys in the independence, it is to make a living at wrestling. So, you know, you, you kind of you know, give up some stuff here and there, and you put everything into, you know, what you really do want. And, and if you do that, you know, like they say, the cream does always rise and stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And another awesome element to the story was, 
you know, you being, you know, one of an X Division original going against another, you know, X Division original and low-key who recently made his return as well. You know, it would be one thing if you were going against, you know, one of the awesome uh, cruiserweights that are going on now yeah, that that are that are really big now, like Andrew Everett and uh, you know other other well, uh, yeah. big cruiserweights. But it's another thing to just have that story of original versus original, and it's all just kind of it just has that full circle feel. Exactly, and part of that, you know, I mean that that's by design. There was a reason to everything, and um, you know, I think we all realized that if this, this is the story that we wanted to tell, that it, the right players had to be put in place. And, yeah. So, um, you know, it, 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 it was definitely um, not a coincidence. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's good too. And that's and that's good too. So, so you guys reached out to Low Key to be a part of this big, you know, this big storyline. And I, I and again, it just it goes to show how storylines who that are kind of thought about and just kind of conspired within, you know, two or three months. It really gives the fan the the opportunity to uh, to really be enveloped and engulfed in the storyline with you. And you know, I recently had Braxton Sutter, another Impact Wrestling star, on the show. We were talking about just you know, sometimes there's other promotions, namely you know WWE. Um, of course, not in a bashing standpoint, but you know, this is fact. You know that they have. I know. I know. Of course, they have. A bunch of with the network, they have a bunch of other variables to factor in the reason why they have to have all this programming. But you know, sometimes that becomes a, a negative for the fan because back in the days when it had like Saturday night's main events and things like that, we really had an opportunity to just really be engulfed in the storyline. And I think this really, this really created that moment as well. You know, you. Fans having an opportunity to be really engulfed in the storyline, low key winning the championship, kind of bringing that old school feel back. You adding to that layer, and you and low key just kind of topping it off. Yeah, totally. You know, it's it's uh, you don't want to oversaturate the viewer. You want to give them just enough, and uh, and then you know, craving a little more. Not, yep. Not, uh, you definitely don't want them to say, okay, okay, that's enough, or I need a break. And, and I think that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, part of that is it, it, it comes down to the fact that we only have one television show a week, where, yep. um, you know, versus uh, six, seven weeks of first-run programming, you know, in a week uh, for WWE. So it's in that respect, it's, it's two totally different ball games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, with names like Trevor Lee, Andrew Everett, uh, and, and and you know all the stars in the X Division, you know, there's some some names that uh, you haven't competed against. That as X Division champ would be some really you know high star matches. Are there any names that you're seeking and and uh, and desiring at this point as far as uh, competing against? Well, I think that uh, like you said, the X Division kind of it, it's going strong right now. You got Trevor Lee, you got Andrew Everett. I think that DJ V is ready to come back from his injury. Mm-hmm. Xavier came on the scene recently. Oh yeah, so, yep. Uh, it's it, it's definitely strong, and there's a lot of first time matchups up there that. Uh, and, you know, I haven't had, so I think that uh, in, in the next few weeks, you know, you might you might see some new people, some new faces pop up that uh, kind of help shape this thing even better. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, for those, uh, you know, who 
kind of what came back to the Impact Wrestling scene. You know, there's there's been such a dark cloud over Impact Wrestling, unfortunately, with just management changes and everything. What type of what what form of encouragement or, or what type of stance or, or or proclamation could you give uh, those who are, are critics and who are willing to come back to watch Impact Wrestling? Sure, I think that uh, you know, obviously, these last few years, uh, you know, it's. Um, uh, mismanaged, I guess, would be a good way to put it. Uh, but you know, so that that kind of uh, era of the company is uh, out the door. I think that uh, this new day, the new regime here, uh, you know, it, it's very clear that uh, compared to the old, that we do pull pro wrestling inside and out. Where um, maybe maybe the past did it, you know, and uh, they may have been experts on uh, some other things. But but when it comes down to the heart of it, this is a this is pro wrestling, and uh, you know you've got to know pro wrestling. Which uh, isn't making movies. It isn't uh, uh, you know writing songs. It's not. It's not. It's not all that. It's just definitely getting in there and, and knowing a good product in the ring and out the ring and putting it all together. Um, and and uh, you know I think the, the shows for the past three three months now have kind of proven that things are different. You know the faces are different. The stories are different. Uh, the yeah. telling the stories are different. And at the end of the at the end of the day, it is uh, about the personalities and the stories. And I think that uh, you know, and I'll, and I'll go back to Thursday's episode where I won the title. You know, that was a you know, uh, I thought a very strong episode, top to bottom, not just uh, low key and I story, but you know, you had a good mix of comedy, you had a good mix of uh, action, you had a good mix of uh, everything. And, and I think that uh, you know, the, the fans out there, the disenfranchised Impact Wrestling fans, that uh, give it a shot, you know. Um, I definitely don't, I definitely think that uh, pleasantly surprised that uh, things are a little different, you know. And uh, I think that our first big uh, pay-per-view, July 2nd, anniversary, live on pay-per-view, you know, we got Patron and Lashley in the big unification match in the main event. I think that uh, that's a good place to start, you know. Give it, give it a shot, and uh, I definitely think it will be coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. Uh, last question uh, to you is, the GFW Impact relationship. Now, Jeff Jarrett's been uh, on uh, interviews as of late to kind of explain that in a way. Uh, is there a, a merge that are that is underway right now? You have people, you have like Sienna is a GFW Women's Champion. You have the, the the tournament going on with the Tag Team Championships and LAX uh, taking that. Uh, of course, you have El Patron as the as the tag uh, as the uh, GFW W heavyweight champion or global champion. Um, wh- how is that relationship working, and, and what are future goals with that? Uh, you know, I think the future is, uh, you know, it'll, it'll kind of shape itself. But I think right now it's kind of it's, it's, a, it's a slow merge and, and getting, uh, you know, I, th- I think that, that that's probably what the what you could have expected with, with Jeff Jarrett taking the helm here, and, and you know his uh, his other company that he was heading up full force. It's just uh, hard, I guess. Uh, to do two things like that at the same time. So I think a slow merge is probably what you're seeing right now. Yeah, sounds good. And who was your favorite wrestler of all time? I don't think I asked you that before. Uh, I, 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 let's see, Sabu, Flair, and uh, Savage, I guess, were, were, were ah, top guys. Sounds good. Sabu, that's a very interesting trio. I don't think I've ever yeah. heard a trio like that. <laughs> you had, yeah. uh, you have Flair, uh, yeah, Flair has the the heel Chauvin, you know Chauvin. I, I guess Savage can be in that too, but he, you know, he kind of has the um, 
the, 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 the come-from-behind type of babyface run that he did after WrestleMania 4. And, of course, Sabu is is uh, one of, you know, genocidal, homicidal, suicidal, you know, one of his own. So, uh, sounds good. Interesting trio there. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sanjay. And, of course, let the listeners know where to find you and where to find Impact. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me at Sanjay Dutterson on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Uh, find me. I'm very easily accessible. And uh, you can catch me on the uh, Impact Wrestling Pop TV every Thursday night at 8. Uh, we got a big pay-per-view coming up live on live on pay-per-view on uh, uh, July 2nd, Sunday night, anniversary, our 15th year uh, anniversary. So uh, be sure to check it out. Absolutely, it's pretty huge, July 2nd. And uh, what's so interesting about that? Like I said before, anniversary uh, is on my birthday. So um, I, you, I, I, I personally can't forget that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, looking forward to seeing that as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Sanjay Dutt, your Impact Wrestling X Division champion. Appreciate you on the show tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Sanjay Dutt, live on the show Pancakes and Power Slams, episode 273. Thank you so much for listening to the show tonight. We are really, really excited to have the show tonight. And we got some some new listeners uh, that are are on for episode 273. We thank everybody for their support amidst of uh, just uh, some revamping and some a few modifications uh, last week. Uh, everything is, is fine and we're good to go. And uh, I'm really, really excited to uh, to talk some wrestling. We got a lot to talk about this week. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring in the guest calls for tonight. He's back, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado. He is the doctor. Without further ado, I think people need to realize, I think, you know what, I think he needs to be formally introduced the correct way. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring in the doctor, Chris Mueller. How are you tonight? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks for the round of applause, Chris. <laughs> well deserved. Well deserved. Great to have you on the show tonight, man. You ready to talk some wrestling? Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely, as always. All right, without without further ladies and gentlemen, headlines, here we go. And how can I forget the co-host with the most ladies and gentlemen from Under the Mat Radio? He gets one of these two. He is Evan Tech Proud. Before I introduce you, you get one of these two, Evan. Round of applause. How are you tonight, Evan Tech Prout? No, good. How are you feeling? Doing great, man. Great to have you on the show as always. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. You ready? Yeah, ready. All right. Let's start off with Mayweather. Ford Mayweather and May and and, and uh, not Manny Pacquiao, but Conor McGregor. Uh, that was the fight of the century two years ago. But uh, Mayweather and Conor McGregor. Uh, official uh right now as of uh, last week the observer had uh mayweather as uh, 1100 uh minus 1100 favorite uh sports center kind of um made connor mcgregor have a little bit more of a shot uh they 
May Mayweather minus seven hundred. Like <laughs> that's that's not really going to make much of a difference. But right now, uh, it, Mayweather's the heavy favorite. Uh, he has an opportunity. Very interestingly enough, right now the the best modern day uh, record. Uh, in in boxing history is is uh, Rocky Marciano, which is, who was forty nine and zero, and if Mayweather wins, I mean he can break their record. He'll be fifty and zero, and he'll have the best record in boxing history. And to add to that layer, on August twenty sixth, Mamma Mia, Chris Mauro Ronaldo is calling the calling the fight. How do you feel about that? Oh, I'm excited. Uh, I love I'm, uh... Well, we'll start with Chris. What what you got, Chris? Uh, I, I love Morrow. I'm excited to see him doing something really high profile, and I think maybe it'll kind of make WWE maybe regret getting rid of him, or however that all went yeah. down. Yeah, absolutely. And then Evan, you know, he had that boxing um, uh, bout uh, about a couple months ago, about a month or two ago, in front of ninety thousand people in Wembley. That was one of his. Uh, that was one of his fights after leaving WWE, so he's already doing some good stuff. He went to Japan, called an MMA uh, for uh, Risen or Ryzen or something something like that. Uh-huh. Remember the yeah. yeah. Uh, so so he's been doing a lot. He, I mean, he, he's had a full schedule, of course, um, and it looks like, uh, you know, he, he was a very established name before the WWE. I mean, that's the reason why the WWE mm-hmm. saw him, because of, you know, his, his calling – uh, you know, MMA, you know, in his Showtime uh, boxing and MMA, and then, of course, New Japan on Access. So, he, you know, he, he was a very established name beforehand. WWE was just yeah. really kind of like a hurt on a hiccup. Um, but, you know, he's he's really proven that uh, he's an amazing he's – he, he's an amazing asset to the sport and as far as play calling. Uh, so he looks like, you know, Evan looks like he's uh, ready to go, and he's really continuing to prove to WWE that it was probably was their loss. Because I don't, honestly, I don't see Tom Phillips able to call, uh, you know, Packy. I mean, Mayweather and, and McGregor. I don't see that with Tom Phillips. But they, they you know, yeah. Manny, uh, was doing it. Well, Matt, before like you say, already was a household name. He already. Had a good background before before WWE. You know, he has life after WWE. I think um, he might be doing. Uh, like I said, he's doing stuff Showtime as well. I know uh, he just recently had a picture of him and Joe. Uh, I was with Joe Rogan um, not long ago, but yeah, I'm proud of him. Um, and it, that is element. And yeah, him and Mike Goldberg uh, signed for Bellator too. That's what yeah, it is. Mike yeah, Bellator. Yeah. 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 So he's he's good to go. Yeah, very very true. So uh, I'm looking forward to a few Mama Mia's and a few uh, irrelevant uh, pop culture uh, puns. Uh, that's usually what he does. And, uh, <laughs> so and so I'm gearing myself up for that. Probably Beyonce's birth or something like that. He'll probably m- mention uh, somehow he'll somehow he'll align that with. A, a UFC sanctioned uh, <laughs> boxing match. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how he's going to mix that together. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be great. And I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, Ronaldo calling it. Uh, so, so the next so the next headline is, is pretty interesting. Uh, Maurice uh, 
table for three yesterday. Maurice was uh, it was Maurice Kelly Kelly and Eve Torres. Uh, it, it was probably the worst table for three I've seen. To be honest with you, and I've seen I, oh, I can recall oh, seeing all of them. Oh, um, oh. And this was probably the worst I've seen. I mean, it was just kind of like banter talk. Uh, just kind of three girls catching up, and it wasn't really anything uh, worthy. I, like, I really had to stretch. Like, I had to think about every single moment of the table for three to even find something to write about. Thank- Thankfully, I found something out of that 20 minutes oh, wow. to write about, because that's the reason why I mostly watch those, uh, is to find something, you know, to grab, to write about. Uh, so out of all of what was talked about, which, you know, some of it was okay as far as Eve Torres' uh, women's defense uh, classes and her um, her uh, event planning type of thing that she's doing, she's doing really well for herself. Uh, Kelly Kelly, uh, you know, she's, you know, on TV as well. She's she's doing very well for herself. And then it was taped it was taped before WrestleMania, so they were kind of. Um, you know, uh, kind of congratulating Maurice, you know, for where she's at and things like that. Uh, we'll start with Evan this time. Uh, she said that she wasn't happy that the term divas is no longer used. Um, he, uh, you know, she, her, her, her angle with that was, uh, she, she feels that the divas era should not be dismissed uh rather it should be you know kind of remembered and cherished and kind of like a a launching pad for the you know return of the women's revolution to be very concentrated on athleticism and be able to do you know defy odds and to participate in in, in men's traditionally matches that are known for men like the hell in a cell and the money in the bank that we recently saw eve torres she didn't, you know, she didn't like the term diva. She felt like she felt like it was categorizing the woman. It was kind of putting them kind of on a shelf, on a pedestal, you know, on, on a shelf, kind of like a, you know, Barbie doll type of figure, well, right, which, right, you know, right. she didn't, yeah, she didn't like that type of uh, feel, you know, to the WWE. But Maurice, you know, she she didn't like the fact that divas is no longer used. So, what are your thoughts on on Maurice uh, not being happy with? Uh, Divas leaving the term divas leaving. I, I mean, she she didn't like it. I mean, I I, I can see both points, but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the message do we do we really care about the whole divas? Uh, yeah, I mean, not 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 none of us say it's sexist, but the term diva diva women, mm-hmm. and yep. it was like okay, it's it's. I see Maurice point, but also see Eve's, and, and I understand Maurice wanting it to be chance, the chance to kind of grow, but at the same time, is you got to also look at the talent pool. The Divas term didn't last long. It was there, and then it just kind of went. It, it, it was, it, it, I think the Divas championship and the term lasted a little longer, a little longer than the WWE Light Heavyweight Championship. So... <laughs> Light heavyweight yeah. championship. Yeah. Taka Michinoku. Taka Michinoku, Aguila. Choppy, choppy. Yeah. I can see both arguments. I can see both arguments. It's gone. You know, Maurice, you said, if you don't like it, then just, just keep, you know, 
busting your tail and doing what you got to do to kind of prove otherwise. But I don't see most people missing the term diva. Right? I have to side more on yeah. Eva, um, Eva's, um his point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris. So basically, the Divas Championship lasted from July twentieth, two thousand eight, uh, which uh, Michelle McCool was the first person to win the uh, the Great American Bash, uh, and it, of course it was retired uh, at WrestleMania uh, Night of Champions. Uh, it was uh, WrestleMania last year. It was retired. Uh, Charlotte was the last person to win it at Night of Champions in two thousand fifteen. Retired. Um, and uh, last year, so lasted about eight years. Uh, of course, uh, AJ Lee uh, was someone who kind of dominated the Divas division. Uh, most reigns, most days held uh, by reigns. But around that time, you know, you had your Caitlins, you had your Layla's, which is pretty athletic. But you had your, your Kelly Kelly's who was more, you know, kind of sex appeal, Barbie doll type of figure. Uh, Jillian Hall had it for like a hiccup. I think she had it for like one night or something like that. Uh, so overall, what are your thoughts on just the Divas uh, era and just, you know, conflicting thoughts from Maurice and Eva about the term? Well, I understand why people who – put in hard work, don't want their accomplishments to be overlooked. And I was always an advocate for the women getting more time during the Divas division because I knew that they were capable of more than what they were being allowed to do. Like, I knew Eve Torres and Layla and all those girls were great athletes. They just weren't given the chance to showcase what they could do. Towards the end, like you said, AJ came in, Paige, you know, there was a little bit of help from from some girls who didn't quite mesh with that pretty blonde supermodel look. So, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I, I have a few fond memories of the Divas division, but as a whole, I'm glad that it's turned into the thing it is. And what we also have to remember is the term Divas is still used because they have total Divas, which is a big right. thing for WWE. So it's not as if the term is gone. It's just not being used on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, exactly, and you know, and it's and it's, that's a great point. It, it kind of seems as if WWE's not using that uh, that that term anymore. But you know, essentially, like you said, they they really are still using the term, but they're using it they're using it aside from WWE. But the, you know, divas is still a term, very true. Uh, Evan, your boy Vince Russo. Um, you know, it's, it's one, of, one, yeah, it's one of one of his shows that I think is absolutely funny. Um, you know, and and, and uh, I, I I've learned, you know, the, the it's it's one of those things that um, if I get paid to listen to podcasts, I might as well listen to them. So you know, because yeah, the more yeah. podcasts I listen to, the more information I can grab to write about. So, yeah. uh, so he, so I, so I listen to one of his shows uh, per week, um, mostly just for time, just for time purposes. Uh, and you know, he he has this show where he just like just bashes a bunch of uh, a, a bunch of uh, web. You know, webmasters and journalists that uh, that 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 offer paid sites for 
their input. And, you know, I I didn't know until I started, I started listening to the show probably a couple of months ago. I didn't know how much he just despised Dave Meltzer. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's funny and sad at the same time <laughs> because like he's 56, Meltzer's 57. And, uh, man, it's like, yeah, this is, I guess this is pro wrestling for you, ladies and gentlemen, a 56 and 57 year old man has major heat, uh, because Russo doesn't like the fact that Meltzer pays money to give, uh, his, uh, expert opinion about, uh, wrestling, which he always calls fake fighting and so forth. Uh, you know, I would like, I would like each and each one of your takes on, uh, on this, uh, you know, this kind of battle between Vince Russo and, and Dave Meltzer. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say a little bit as well, but specifically, uh, you know, so so we'll start with with Evan. Uh, let let us know just your take on this 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 big heat. What's the point, and you know, wh- why is it going on? And interestingly enough, Vince Russo uh, said something uh, on his show specifically uh, on this on this past show. Um. um that about Kevin Owens, uh, mm-hmm. and and you know the past couple of years he's been very vocal about uh, Kevin Owens and his 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 appearance, his physical appearance of being a hindrance of people really buying into his character all the way, uh, and you know the, the the prize fighter and so forth, and then now he's the face of America. But Russo's been very vocal about Kevin Owens needing to lose weight to really kind of elevate his character. And on this uh, recent uh, edition, you know, he was talking about uh, uh, he was he was really critiquing a journalist talking about Mahal not being Jinder Mahal's not being not being over. And then somehow he got upset with that, critiqued that, and then threw in Kevin Owens' name. You know, so, you know, paraphrasing, he said, so what do you want? Like Kevin Owens, do you think Kevin Owens is the best person in WWE so forth? You know, I'm not going to be, um, I'm not, I'm not going to, um, Kevin Owens isn't over. And then he said, you know, if anything, I'm going to, to to block the refrigerator, you know, and (laughs) yeah. So, you know, so that basically, you know, He's been very vocal. He, you know, he's not one to hold words. Um, yeah, so, exactly. so Evan, we'll start. We'll start with you. Just your overall take on <laughs> Vince Russo and Dave Meltzer, and then, uh, and then of course uh, Vince Russo's uh, take. Uh, I actually, I wrote about it. Okay, so I'll, I'll actually, I'll actually read the quote that I that I wrote and I put on my piece. So he says, sure. when Kevin Owens comes out. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. No, bro. Uh, so, so he said in a question, question mark. When Kevin Owens comes out, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. No, bro. When Kevin Owens comes out, I'm guarding my refrigerator so he doesn't break in it and steal any of my freaking ice cream. That's what I'm doing, bro. So, Evan, your, your thoughts on uh, on uh, Vinny Roof. Have any, uh, uh, if, if anyone knows that 
knows me, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm good, good buddies with uh, Vinny Rudd. So I told him earlier today. He, um, provided your opinion, as always. It's funny, it's, it's, I'm not saying Vinny Russo is, is more the same. It's, I think the true story is, is not the heat between them two, it's the heat that everybody has towards them. Um, because a lot of people can't stand Meltzer, and, and a lot of people can't stand Russo, and they'll be going against each other. So yeah. I just say, just, just put them on, you know, hell, and I sound. Yeah, hell, and I sound. <laughs> that elimination chamber. It's, uh, you know, they, they go against each other. And I, I think it's funny when any, anybody that knows me, I'm, I'm sure you, I'm, I'm not going to take off anybody just because I'm friends with them in the business. It's funny, uh, you know, brother, bro, Russo, or people, you know, I wonder about his weight, but it's like, I wonder, it's necessary. The, it's not the biggest guy. I'm mean, he may not be in shape. Men are like an Ortonville scene or a ginger juice in the hall. But isn't that what we need in the world of pro wrestling? Messina was on top part of the time with the you know with the title and Orton was on top and everyone. Was... <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> and you know people were just like, oh, everybody looks the same. It's the same, you know, from the neck down. They're the same to the physique. Well, you know, in the eighties, look, everybody had a different look. You know, you I mean Jake and. You heard Hercules Hernandez, you had uh, Dick Murdoch, you had Ray Stevens. Yeah. Look at Dusty Rose, you know, Dusty could still move. Uh, look at Manny Fernandez. He never was a you know, was was a sting or a flare or or, or Nikolai Nikolai Volkov. So I just think it's funny how people get get on Owens for his weight, but yet he's not the biggest he's actually lost a little weight compared to when he first came into WWE. And don't everybody can't look the same. It, that's what makes Owens who he is, is that he's not, he doesn't have a six-pack. He doesn't yeah. have the definition. He doesn't have the ginger juice veins going through his chest and going through his, his, his collarbone and places that he no veins existed. He was like a regular guy that 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 is athletic for size. Somebody that looked worse at Home Depot or GameStop or, or that they could look at your local supermarket. That's just how he looks. Mankind never was in shape ever, and mankind got over. It. And, and that was also he had to kind of force it because Vince and them didn't want to push mankind because he don't look like the Rock. But mankind got over this fight. So I just always laugh when people get on Owens about his size and say, "Well, that's what makes Owens Owens." Why don't we appreciate yeah. the fact that he looks different? As of okay, if he looked like Cena or looked like someone, then he would look exactly the same as everyone else. I think you bring. I think you bring some pretty good points, and I think the the biggest difference, and I'm going to toss this over to Chris. Uh, I think the biggest difference with Owens, and you said some really really good names, especially someone like a Dusty Rhodes, baby. Uh, the the thing is with Dusty, is that you know there's. There was one. There, there, there would be one thing if he walked out there as Virgil Runnels, you know, and was just, uh, you know, someone without a gimmick and just came out face or heel, out of shape. But Dusty Rhodes' gimmick was so larger than life that his size actually helped his gimmick because he was the common man. 
you know, even before, you know, in WCW, even even in, uh, you know, Florida Championship Wrestling or Championship Wrestling for Florida, rather, um, you know, he was an outlaw type of thing, you know, with, with Dick Murdoch. And just, just, you know, when he became a babyface, he knew how to just make his character so far beyond what he looked like. He could have been, you know, eight foot tall. It could have been five foot two, but his character was so, it transcended who he looked like so much that yeah. it just really assisted anything about W uh, about Dust, Dusty Rhodes from a character standpoint, just really transcended his physical appearance. And I think that's, I mean, that's what you got a lot of times in WWE and, and, and just old school wrestling. I mean, you had Haystacks Calhoun, who was, you know, yeah. 600 pounds, you know, oh. but he, he had a, a, a bib overall gimmick and, 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 you know, Haystacks. And it just, there was a, there was a gimmick behind it. You know, Giant yeah. Gonzalez couldn't wrestle to save his life, you know, but yeah. at the same time, you know, when he was Giant Gonzalez and Eligante, it was it was a character that was involved. Chris, what are your thoughts on that and just the Vince Russo and Dave Meltzer uh, heat going on? Well, I agree with both you guys about Owens. I mean, you got to have some variety. You know, not everybody can go out there and look like a bodybuilder or a fitness model. So, and the fact that he can go for a half hour, forty minutes, and not look as burned up as somebody who has a six pack most of the time is actually the most yeah. impressive thing about him. I mean, you know, you don't see a guy with a pot belly like that hitting a moonsault like Owen does and make it look that good. I mean, the guy's got more talent than a lot of the guys with better physiques. So I don't see what the problem is there. But as far as Riso and Meltzer goes. I kind of stopped paying attention to both of those guys a long time ago. Meltzer mainly because half the time it feels like he's just throwing stuff at a dartboard and trying to predict <laughs> what's, what's being said backstage. It's like, oh, you know, backstage plans say this because logic dictates, not because some source gave it to him. But, you know, yeah. Russo, Russo can be entertaining. Like I've, I've seen some of his recent fake apologies. <laughs> those, mm-hmm. those, you know, were good for a good laugh, but, uh, you know, I really don't care if those two guys like each other or not because it has no impact on any of the product that I watch. So, yeah. you know, they can sit there and yell at each other on their podcasts if they want to, and whoever wants to listen can listen, but it's just not for me anymore. I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> yeah, very, very true. Um you know, it's one of those things, you know, writing for Russell Zone and the Inquisitor and, and Daily DDT, I'm always looking for material. And, um, you know, right now that's one of the hottest things, you know, the, the, the heat between Meltzer and Russo and then Russo and Bischoff and Russo and uh, uh, Hayes. You know, he was, you know, so Russo was talking about, you know, you know, you don't want me to tell stuff, you know, from WCW and things like that. And Russo and and uh, Cornette, of course, you know, that's that's been going on for years, which I still don't understand the, the, the where that even came from and how much has become how it's become so basically they ripped their heads off if they were next to each other. But well, you know, I, I can actually tell you about that. Yeah, that that I happen to know. Uh, Cornette was one of the main creative guys with Vince McMahon before they had a whole team of creative writers. Oh, and yeah, that's right. From that's what right. I understand, Vince Russo 
kind of went to McMahon and said, look, we can either book this like the old Southern territories and do what Cornette wants, or we can do what I want, make an edgier product. Now, I've only, you know, heard that from a few sources, so I don't know for sure if that's 100% the case, but apparently once Russo went to McMahon about that, Cornette was gone. Yeah, I've, I, yeah, and that's that's true. I'm glad you brought that up. I've heard that too, and even Russo says something about that as far as that kind of shoot style uh, episode of Livewire they had uh, back in the day. I think it was probably 94... 95, somewhere around there. Um, and when I used to have the WWE live wire, like on the Saturday, on Saturday nights, and they had the episode where uh, Vince McMahon was on the episode, and he, uh, Russo and Cornette were kind of feuding with each other. It was kind of like a work shoot, you know, and, 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 uh, and Russo was talking about, like you said, Chris, as far as just you know, the old school type of, you know, booking or you can do edgier stuff. Uh, so right. that's kind of, that, that's kind of where it went. And then, you know, that was over 20 years ago though. So <laughs> still, it's, uh, still there's, there's still resentment. Go ahead, Evan. Is, uh, and, and, the, and, and then like, like Chris mentioned, the way you know, when he's speaking to Cornette before, you know, a few times that, uh, uh, mutual shows, he been seen backstage and, and, being a you know type you know being close to the Russo is Cornette keeps promoting Russo. He keeps putting Russo over me. And that Russo, yeah. you know, at, at times has moved on with his life. Russo at times has not mentioned Cornette, and you keep saying Cornette mentioning Russo, and I can't stand Russo. Ah, and it's like he just has this, uh, as they say, the butt hurt mentality, this hatred mm-hmm. towards Russo, and, and even Kevin Dunn. Um, and even towards uh, one of my other good buddies, Risa, um, on a Risa old Bischoff. So, you know, Risa's moved on and done stuff. And all we said, Cornette, Cornette's uh, name in his mouth, Cornette just keeps going on and on about Risa, how much he hates yeah. him. And then the day is like, love him and hate him. They both made an impact. He both has made some contributions in the business. Uh, you got to give, give all of the guys like, credit for what they've done. I mean, granted, Vince McMahon is, is a marketing and business genius, but he also did need the, the Pat Pattersons and Russo, I'm sorry, Dick Venom. Uh, if you that, uh, Cole Cornette, yeah. um, the Bischoffs, all of them, all of them is just, like, like you said, a mouser, you know, my feelings, uh, Uncle, Uncle Dave, um, uh, Uncle Dave. also publicly said, uh, uh, if Mouser said he necessarily can't hold it to be true. Um, I mean, yeah, I remember, you know, going up, it was Meltzer, and it's five stars, and now he up to the six stars. It's the Okada, uh, Kenny Omega match, uh, the first one for us with Kingdom 11. You had uh, Alvarez and, and Meltzer, there's a few other guys, the Almanac, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Illustrated. Illustrated, yeah. Yeah, Bill Laughter. Yeah, yeah, a good old buddy after. So, mm, I mean, like, like, great like guy, by the way. Is, yeah, yeah, I love after. I definitely love mm-hmm. after. But like, for like, like other Chris said, I, I don't, I really don't have time. I check up one of the guys, you know, uh, make sure they okay. But I, I don't have the the, the time to uh, follow that feed. But that that feed's been more compelling than a lot of the wrestling WWE lately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it sure has. Text credit. 
very true. They both know how to uh, draw a story still, uh, no matter what what it is. I, I hope it I hope it goes away. I hope they you know they keep kind of you know taking jabs at each other and say come you know come on my podcast come on my podcast and they're like hey I'm not going to go on your podcast this is a good you pub you got to come on my podcast too and it's like you know it's like one of those days I've been in plenty of fights in my life and it's like you know one of those one of those fights that you see and that you're or that you're in when you're you know a kid or when you're a teenager you know and it's like you know you kind of squared up you know kind of in your stance, you're like, you know, you hit mm-hmm. first, you know, you you hit first, you get the first hit, you get the first hit, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, man, just either don't fight. This is this is the the more you guys keep saying you get the first hit, the stupider it sounds, you know. So that's that's my thing as far as you know. And I I just you know Russo's entertaining. He, he's very entertaining. I, I you know I'm I'm about to become a doctor in psychology so I can sit here and and you know, scale them down as far as just different things that, you know, I've, I've noticed within him that uh, his, his call for attention. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I, I definitely pray for the man as far as Melcher is concerned, you know, he, he kind of, he, he's kind of taking the high road and all this, but at the same time, you know, it, it, it it's came, it, it's really come to the point with Meltzer that like Chris said, you know, you, you, he's kind of become that guy where you just kind of, he, he just kind of throws something at the wall, but at the same time, he's been a journalist for over 30 years. So he's made money basically saying, well, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't really know, but you know, I, what I think is to me could be, but it could be, you know, so I mean, and that's that's really that's really Melter. I mean, that's Melter so, in a nutshell. I mean, but it's, you know, well, it's you know, so if Goldberg Goldberg could come back at SummerSlam, but you know, you know, you know, he he couldn't come back. You know, he probably you know probably wouldn't, but he there's a chance that he could. <laughs> and so it's so basically, I, you know, when I when I write about Melter, when I write about Melter, it's like I, I I write for the purposes of. He has an established name. I, I highly respect him for his established name. And even if it's one of those moments where it's kind of some quote unquote logically thrown out there, I'll write, I'll write about it. Cause I know it just, I know it brings a bunch of people interested and a bunch of people commenting and that's how I get paid. So go Melter. So <laughs> that's basically my thoughts on Evan. You were, you, Evan, you had something to say. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I was just gonna say is that most of this this breaks news that is just so obvious. SummerSlam, yeah. probably SummerSlam is gonna be at at, at a at a at a warm climate city. Okay. <laughs> well, well, it couldn't be. I mean, well, SummerSlam some, some could be in Brooklyn, know, but I mean, they probably changed change, it before. You know. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's a yeah, subject to change, you know. Uh, this might be Undertaker's last match for his career, but you know, it could change. And then, you know, table for three could be debuting with, uh, you know, on the network again. It's, it's so obvious stuff. I, I, well, I, table I really for three could before. table for three could be table for four, but it could be you know table for three, but it could be table for two as well. So I mean, you know, I really don't know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's. At, 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 
we 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 had a Mount Meltzer disciple. Um, I'm not sure who who she was, but I know my show. We we broke the news over a year and a half ago. We broke the news that this was Southern Stocks with anybody else. So my show, we broke the news that they were going to do an all women's tournament. It was all documented a year before anyone else broke the news. Um, and Melissa comes in, oh, breaking news, oh, they're doing a female tournament. And it's like, well, Melissa, we broke that news a year ago. And you break it. WWE, you know, you break the news and it's already common knowledge. You broke it a year ago. And uh, Melissa, disciple, attacked us on Twitter. And I, I didn't know who she was. I yeah. just, you know, I actually unboxed and said, well, you know, maybe you know, it could happen, but we don't know. Things change. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's funny but, uh, that he's known for that, you know, but you know, it's what at the end of the day it's just it's it's a namesake type of thing now. You know, he's established, he's been around for over 30 years. So, even with the throwing something and seeing if it sticks, you know, he's he's so 50-50 that you know, if something sticks, it's like, oh, that was the source. <laughs> you know, but if it doesn't stick, it was like, oh, that was probably just thrown out there. So, hey, listen, if if someone could uh, make a, a pretty good living uh, throwing stuff out there and calling it sources, uh, more power to him. I mean, you know, he's almost 60 years old and uh, he's been in this wrestling game for, you know, over half his life. And, um, you know, doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. So, Meltzer, keep uh, keep giving keep giving your uh, either ors, keep giving your sources versus logic, and uh, I'll keep writing about it. Next, uh, next we have uh, uh, Miz. So, speaking of Meltzer, uh, you know he he basically stated uh, on uh, a recent uh, radio that. Uh, the reason why the Miz's entourage was formed with Bo Dallas and uh, Curtis Axel is because uh, the power couple angle with Miz and uh, with with uh, Mike and Maria Canellas is what they're called now. We're about to right after this, we'll get into Money in the Bank. So with that and with that on SmackDown Live. Uh, it's it's interesting um, that they decided to make Miz and Maurice not a couple, not a power couple per se, but more a uh, a faction. Uh, that was his that was his logic behind the entourage um, the joining. Interestingly enough, <laughs> we didn't even see Mike and Maria on SmackDown Live, which we'll get to. Uh, so Chris, what are your, what are your quick thoughts on just, uh, that speculation? Well, I mean, it's a logical assumption that they wouldn't want two similar gimmicks between the two brands, especially with them trying to push, you know, the, the Canellis thing right out of the gate. I mean, the fact that they skipped NXT altogether is a little surprising to me, to be honest. I didn't know Mike Bennett before a year ago, so... I know he's got a lot of indie cred and he's very popular. I'm just very surprised she wasn't given time to build up. But uh, as far as this faction goes, I'm a little torn because 
it sort of feels like a rehash of what they did with Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase. Like, this feels like it's more to get Miz over than it is to help Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. And mm-hmm. the Miz is already over, so it kind of feels like this isn't really going to do anybody any good except for giving Miz other ways to cheat besides hiding behind his wife and having her spray something in somebody's face once in a while. So, you know, I don't know. I'll see how it goes. I've I've always liked Dallas and Axel as far as their in-ring capabilities go, so maybe this will give them a chance to remind people that they're not just pushovers who are riding their father's coattails. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Evan? Well, uh, as I read your article, if the logic is true, I, I don't see... I don't see how the logic makes sense because, uh, granted, Mike Bennett, Bennett's variety of sales just shows Maria coming back. But at the end of the day, if you were to cap Miz and Maurice, the power couple, what really, you know, what really, what really would have been a problem having two power couples on opposite brands? You could have yeah. built that the way. Maybe they could end up having some kind of uh, cross-promotion match. And then plus, Mike Bennett's new to WWE, so it's going to take him time to build himself to the level where Miz, everybody knows Miz, they know who he is. So even if Mike Bennett, or I'm sorry, Mike uh, Canales was on SmackDown doing his thing, he still needed to build himself up to the point. No one would have been like, oh, crap, we can't have these two powerhouses on the set on opposite shows. It yeah. wouldn't matter. Yeah. If anything, it would have gained more steam than Mike and uh Maurice, but to uh, Chris number two's point, uh, is use them, put them in there like like a legacy. You don't want to waste talent. We haven't seen Curtis Axel since the whole Hogan uh, thing when he was doing the Axel Mania, and, and then once the whole Hogan um, incident happened, Axel kind of disappeared. Mo Dallas showed up. He got Scorpion Death Drop by Sting, one wink, uh, and then we didn't see how much. Uh, he showed up on uh, Raw for two, three weeks, sporting a singlet in dark hair, looking like his brother. He disappeared again. So it's pretty obvious when your career goes in WWE or anywhere where we only the only time we see you on camera is when you're coming out to break up a fight. Yeah. So, and now <laughs> that we're starting to see you, it's, like you said, you don't want to waste them. Bo Dallas and Axel are two talented men. Yeah, you know, like Chris, uh, like uh, Chris number two said, why not use them? Give them something to do. This could be like a, a um, legacy. Um, hopefully, it spans out better for the latter. Because I mean, Cody, of course, went on to do great things, and um, so maybe we'll, we'll, I'll see you not so much. Yeah, but, yeah, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> But he's making he's doing independent films now. I've had him on my show, and I was the first he was I was first person he interview uh, who interviewed him in, in quite some time. He said he purposely doesn't do interviews, uh, but I was I was able to grab him and uh, see what's going on with him. And uh, you know he's he's doing some some independent films and he's making some he's making a good life. I I, I love hearing that. I've had many conversations with with wrestlers on my show as far as just people who are doing something with their lives now that are, is even better than WWE, you know, and that's, I love hearing that because you have so many people like, you know, you know, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, how, uh, you know, Bill Eady, 
you know, just retired at nearly 70 yeah. years old, you know, and it's like, man, it's mm-hmm. it's so hard to see that stuff. It's so hard to witness that yeah. being one of the most dominant tag teams in WWE history, you know, 25 years ago, over 25 years ago, nearly, actually they started 30 years ago in WWE and, and lasted, uh, you know, until what, probably, but not late 91, 92 was when Crust started his, uh, when I get mad, I crush things type of, uh, you know, Hawaiian gimmick. Uh, so 30 years ago, and he's still wrestling 30 years later. And then 30 years ago, he was nearly 40 years old. You know, so it's like, man, it's so hard to see that stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I just really wish that there's there was some type of, you know, wrestling. You know, Ventura's been pushing it for, you know, 30 over 30 years now as far as like a union or something like that. I know from a business standpoint, having an independent contract is better as a business head because you don't have to worry about all the liabilities that come with insurance and things like that. But it has to be some type of organization. You know, I know they have the Colorado Alley Club for more of a, the, the older uh, generation, but they need something for even active wrestlers. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully that pans out and something's formed. Maybe not in our lifetime, but maybe maybe some type of organization can be formed that uh, can help out wrestlers because it's really tough to to see that. Let's get into Money in the Bank. Uh, actually, Chris, what are your what are your thoughts uh, on, on on Money in the Bank? Um, as far as just uh, from from top to bottom overall show thoughts. Yeah, I, I thought a lot of the action was good, and then we got let down results for a few of the matches. I mean, mm-hmm. the Carmella thing, once I had a night to sleep on it, I thought about it, and if the goal was to get her as much heat as possible, then it worked. So, And we're going to get a second Money in the Bank match now from the women. So, you know, it got her heat, and now we might get a different winner anyway. So it kind of fixed itself, but uh, I was happy to see Baron Corbin win. Probably the highlight for me personally because I think that he can be a very valuable heel. But to me, it sort of felt more like one of the old WCW Clash of the Champions events than it did a WWE pay-per-view. It was you know, just a bunch of matches which seemed to have all this hype and build up and then not really going to have much of an impact on anything. You know, it wasn't a terrible pay-per-view, but it certainly wasn't my favorite so far this year. Evan, your thoughts on Money in the Bank? Wait, Chris Number T mentioned had a Clash of the Champions reference, so shout out to you, brother. Yes. <laughs> I, I yes, it more, absolutely. More I'll, of, I'll give you one of these, actually, <laughs> for, for your Clash of the Champions uh, reference. I love Clash of the Champions. Um, yeah, I guess off air, uh, so I just want I can tell you, uh, on the phone sometimes, uh, seen a couple of, um, stories, uh, my buddy J.J. Dillon told me about the Clash of the Champions, um, off air, he told me, but it was more like a, in your house, uh, if you want to <laughs> mention. There you go, that's uh, a good comparison. Uh, yeah, in your house. As, as, as I as I called the title as, as I called the episode on my show tonight, um, Money in the Bank to me is more like insufficient funds. It just was uh, <laughs> it was an okay pay per view, 
the women's money in the bank match was 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 okay at best. Um, the ending, a lot of people hated it. Uh, anybody that knows, I personally know James Ellsworth. We grew up in the same town. I'm from Baltimore. He's from Baltimore, more so the Dick Lambarney area. Been on the road with him, supporting his local uh, company here. Uh, uh, Jimmy or James uh, winning made sense. It was a good heel heat. Uh, the tag match was very good. I hated the ending. They could have did more. Uh, the Naomi match was filler. It made no sense. Uh, and, um, the, the best thing about Money in the Bank was the, the Fashion Police segment, which I loved to death. Um, the Ascension match was, was random. Uh, Connor got big. Uh, it seemed to seem like a greased pig. I'm like, good gosh, what happened to him? He must be he must be using the ginger juice too, because I don't remember that man being that big and that swollen. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, uh, I'm old school. I I I I detest when a champion comes out first. First, champions always yeah. come out last. Ginger juice and the ginger kids come out first. Orton's hometown, nobody really cares. That match was the same exact match, beginning to end, as it was a backlash. Why Orton? Why are you fighting the gender kids? Twenty minutes, and then you run in and leave the same exact way. Everybody was working on their legs in every match. So I don't know who the, who the bookers were, but I guess every agent said, "Oh well, we're just going to work on everybody's leg." It's the same thing. Um, and the main event I thought was good. I almost took a lot of the bumps. I thought uh, the money event was good. Coleman took a long time getting the money in the bank briefcase off. I thought maybe he went for somebody to. Uh, Come and attack them, but Corbin yeah. won. Uh, I thought the Money in the Bank match did its job. Uh, the main event was Money in the Bank. The man, uh, the Fashion Vice uh, segment was Money in the Bank, and anything else was insufficient time to me. So, I thought that it was one of the best pay per views of the year, honestly. Um, and this is why. Uh, I think it served its purpose. I think it served exactly what it was supposed to do. Uh, there was a few busts in the pay-per-view. I don't get all the hype of it being so bad, you know, people were saying. I, I mean, it. There to me, there was nothing else that this pay-per-view could have done to not serve the purpose of its pay-per-view to really give us a launch pad of um, – you know what's to come. You know, it's May to you know May, June, July is the off season months every year in WWE. I mean, it's just that's just the slowest, most. I mean, it's like it's like you know, it's basically the school year. WWE is basically the school year from September, you know, to April. You know, it's it's kind of like the the peak season of school, but May, June, July, it's just like yeah. You know, it kind of slow. It's a slower season, and it's been slow. It's been a slow season for years. It's kind of like a reboot. They're trying to just kind of shuffle stuff together. Usually, the draft happens uh, during that season. Uh, for the Money Bank, to me, like there was, of course, you know, the the the, the Brizongo Ascension thing was total filler. Uh, I kind of thought that they were going to do like. Um, the Brizongo beating the Ascension and Ascension not being the actual people who um, were in the silhouette, it could have been American Alpha instead. So I, I could, you know, that would have been a good way to bring back American Alpha. I appreciate them as baby faces, right. but right. at the same time, it hasn't really been clicking with the 
casual, you know, slash main roster crowd as opposed so to like NXT the that were way over. Like the yeah, I would, yeah, well, Saunders is my second favorite tag team of all time, so. Uh, <laughs> if you if you compare them to the Spiders, I mean that's a great comparison. Uh, but, look. Yeah, yeah, their look. I mean their 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 look and their appearance and their suplexes. There's a lot about them that reflects the Spiders for sure. Um, but you know, I think that was a bust as far as the 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 Ascension uh, Brizongo. It did give Brizongo a win on a pay-per-view because they stole the show at Backlash. That that whole thing was hilarious. So that wasn't very good. Uh, the the Mike and Maria Canellas, that whole gimmick, the whole the whole planning behind that, the whole storyline behind that is a total bust for me. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll give it one of these. It was absolutely terrible. Uh, so it deserved it. It was a total hey, bust for me. The theme song uh, was great, though. The theme song uh, was great. The little Barry, yeah. the little Barry yeah. in the 80s. I don't the theme know. Song was great. I, I liked, <laughs> I liked, I liked my Bennett, Mike Bennett's theme song in, in Impact Wrestling. I think it was pretty good, actually. The Miracle gimmick was terrible. Um, it didn't get over. And that, and, and to Chris's point, it, the, I think that this this angle. I don't like the Mike and Maria Canellas thing. I think it's stupid. But if they did it, I think it would get way more over on NXT. Because NXT needs that revamp of something different, something new, something to just kind of really inject, not a lethal dose of poison, but uh, a very favorable dose of excitement and intrigue again. Because ever since like the Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura days, uh, it's 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 taken a, a, a major dive as far as interest. I, I still follow NXT, but I I'll be totally fine with missing a couple of weeks and catching up on it with reviews. I mean that beforehand I would watch it every Thursday. I usually watch it every Thursday cause I'll be too busy to watch it on Wednesdays. I'd watch it every mm-hmm. Thursday morning at the gym. So now I can, I can go two or three weeks start watching it and catch it up, catch up on, on it with reviews. But uh, yeah, I, if, if they would have went to NXT would have worked. And the very fact that they weren't even on SmackDown live, like <laughs> Like, why would you debut them at the pay-per-view, but not even make them an intricate, integral part on SmackDown Live? It made, it, I it think made no sense. I think there was a timing me. issue. They appeared after the show. The YouTube, they have a YouTube fallout video where they came out and talked to the crowd. I think it was just a timing issue tonight with all those women's segments taking up so much time backstage. Wow. But here's the thing, though. Um, that goes to show that there to me they if a, a woman's segment could have been axed or shortened or you know, shortened for the sake of even a backstage interview of Ms. and, uh, and I mean uh, Mike and Maria, but Great. we'll see we'll see we'll see how that works you know but it's already it's so, not starting off very well. Um, real so quick, not, um, uh, still not yeah. as confusing as uh, whatever Brian Myers is. His ABs. We still have no idea what uh, he is. He's the. He, <laughs> I like the Star Factory thing now, though. And then when he went to NXT, was uh, and was feuding with uh, Aleister Black. You know that that's. Uh, I think I think I think Kurt Hawkins and 
NXT works to me. Um, they they shouldn't make him on Raw because he'll he'll lose and the whole face the facts thing. But losing and making losing cool by saying I'm a star factory and I'm helping people get over, <laughs> I think that's absolutely. I think that adds, that is absolutely gold. I love it. Um, but uh, the New Day and Brizongo, uh, New, New Day match against uh, the Usos, I think it served its purpose real quick. I think it served its purpose. The heels. Left with the title on a count out. They got heat. That's what they're supposed to do. Uh, and uh, that's exactly, I mean, that's old school booking at its finest. You know, you get, the, you get the cheap loss with the count out. You keep your titles and it leaves suspense for the next show and seeing how the story will develop. I mean, that's basically how it is. Orton and Mahal, uh, it was good to see the legends. I texted Greg Gagne uh, and he texted me back and, and told me, um, how he, you know, his experience at uh, on Raw, and I actually posted that up with Russell's own as far as uh, his thoughts on uh, being being at at uh, I mean being at Money in the Bank, so that was cool. Um, big fan of I mean, Women's Money in the Bank match again served its purpose. Um, if 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 Carmella or anybody else would have just simply went up there and grabbed the case, it wouldn't be. As it wouldn't be half as important or talked about if you know Ellsworth didn't do it, you know what I mean. So I think that that served its purpose as far as getting attention on the women's division, and it gave Carmella a ton of heat. I mean, Dayton, Ohio, I, it was in my home state. It was uh, Dayton's an hour drive away from me, and it Dayton is certainly not a marquee crowd whatsoever, and she got a ton of heat in Dayton. And that's and if you're if you get a ton of heat in a crowd that's not a marquee crowd like a Dayton or an Evansville, Indiana, which is totally old school. Every time I hear, hear Evansville, I think of Lance Russell back in Continental Wrestling. Oh, we got we got a <laughs> we got a good one in Evansville right. coming up on I Wednesday. <laughs> you know, so it's like I think of I think of Continental Wrestling Association every time I hear the word Evansville and Lance Russell, and that is like I mean that is like old school, that is like old school country, you know, in Evansville. So you know, if you're getting those are really the the the, the litmus test, and I'm glad they're having Raws and Smackdowns there because those are really the litmus tests of really. The, the crowds, if 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 you're really getting heat, Carmella got a ton of heat in Dayton, so that's that's saying a bunch. So, real quick, uh, just real quick thoughts. We'll start with Evan Raw and SmackDown before before we get into Flavor of the Week. Just give us a a few thoughts on your um, on your take on Raw and SmackDown for this week. Well, uh, SmackDown was a you know decent show. Uh, uh, good to see Lee Popper main event of SmackDown. Uh, good to see yeah. Lee Popper start to be on his own. Um, and Ginger Juice, I enjoyed that. Um, thought Raw was decent. Um, love, love, uh, love, or hate Reigns. Uh, uh, Samoa Superman, uh, gave chemistry with everybody. Great chemistry. Uh, his match with Joe was really, uh, really well. Uh, I'm glad my man Braun is back with, with the ambulance. He said, I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> so, I'm not finished he, with you. I, I, every time I, every time I see Braun, uh, as I would say, the monster among men. Every time yeah. I see him, I just think about them old monsters from Hercules Athena. I always think about that. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I thought I thought Raw was decent. Um, uh, Braun came back, uh, annihilated Reigns. Uh, Joe got the win. You know, they're setting up Joe. Joe and uh, Brock uh, pretty well. And I thought mm-hmm. that Raw was decent. Um, the, the viewership went up. The Raw was in a bad show. SmackDown was SmackDown was decent for me too. It was a lot of women's segments. A lot of women's yeah. segments, but yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. Chris, your take on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, just like Evan, I'm really glad to see Braun Strowman back. That was a highlight of the night for me. But uh, the closing segment with Enzo and Cass, I thought that was done so much better than I could have expected. The, the way Cass just showed a real fire under him when he was talking to Enzo about how pissed off he was about his you know, trash talk and getting them in so much trouble. And then you just see this heartbroken look on Enzo's face you know, for the first time, the guy's actually speechless and doesn't know what to say. It was, I, I thought it was done great. And then the next night, Big Cass's girl, Carmella, goes out there and delivers the best promo of her career on SmackDown to get the show started. I, I just thought that both shows followed what I felt was a lackluster pay-per-view and kind of picked the momentum back up a little bit. So uh, I really liked Roman versus Joe. Like Evan said, Roman's got chemistry with everybody, and that was a great match, but... Um, Ziggler and Nakamura killed it too So I, I thought both shows had quite a bit to like about them Yeah, absolutely I think that's a great point um, Yeah, I think Raw was good uh, I, I think I think Raw was good in Evansville um, But yeah, I think I think it was fair I think it was good uh, You know, there's not really it's not. I mean, it's, a, it's, all, it's always something to nitpick A three-hour show about but, you know, as compared to other weeks, I think it was one of the better weeks that we saw. Um, Reigns and Joe delivered. It served its purpose. It's, it, you know, people always talk about Reigns, but he, he it's one of those things. I, I did a statistic of Roman Reigns last year for the, the most of the year. I did like, like eight months, eight or ten months statistic on Roman Reigns. And he lost one out of every three matches. So... You know, it's one of those things that people always say he's getting this push and he's getting over. But I mean, that's really just selective thinking and just really clouded, blinded. I want to put myself over logic because if you really, if you really pay attention to Roman Reigns, he loses quite a bit. So uh, I mean, he lost against Joe twice. Uh, granted, you know, five month span between each other, but uh, you know, he he hasn't beat Joe yet on the main roster. So, uh, but mm-hmm. it, it puts Joe over, and it makes sense because Braun, you know, um, Braun distracted him. So, you know, it's good to see oh. Braun back. I, I I despise Braun getting babyface reactions because he's just, I mean. Let the guy be a heel. I feel so. I feel so passionate about that as an old school, you know, uh, he's fan. Going against, he's going against Samoa Superman. He's going against Cena too. Anybody that goes against the rings will get cheered. So, yeah, but the, but but at the same time, I mean, that kind of hurts Braun Strowman to me as a character because, you know, it's like, yeah, and and. Sting and Flair and Jr. I've said this before. I had a, a, a Q and A when I was in Orlando for WrestleMania. I went to the the Jr. Uh, Sting and uh, and Flair Q and A, and I posed a question, and they they were all just um, they all just adamantly agreed that 
I mean, it it it, it hurts. It hurts the baby face if a heel is getting cheered. I mean, it, it really does. But, I mean, Roman Reigns is really in a class of his own. But I just really wish that they would they, – they could have put more heat with Strowman. He's been feuding with Reigns for – Months now, Ever. he was he was getting he was getting booed like crazy. Now because he's with Reigns, I think they really should do like Reigns Cena. I mean, there was a time yeah. when you know yeah, Reigns was feuding. Yeah, there was a time where Reigns was feuding against Sheamus, and he was actually getting a bunch of cheers the end of 2016 when uh doing the Money in the Bank uh thing, uh, or well, you, I think it was the end of 2015. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. I look at I look, I look at it like this real quick. Uh, maybe on the other flip side is you look at history. Whenever there's a heel that's supposed to be a heel, if he starts to get cheered instead of heel, it shows that he's starting to get over. And then you know WWE or the the unwritten rule of wrestling, if you get injured and you come back, you automatically come back as a babyface. I don't care what you've done. Triple H just did Katie Vick. And we all that that never happened. He got injured and came back. Everybody cheered him. So it's kind of like you come back from yeah. injury, all your sins are forgiven. Yeah, you get that, hit. So usually, yeah, that usually is an unwritten rule. But even before yeah. that, he was getting a lot of uh, yeah, he was getting a cheered. lot of pops. So yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as like I said, as far as Raw, I mean, I, I'm really like what they're doing. Elias Sampson. I think Elias Sampson and Finn Balor is a really good filler feud for now. I'm totally in for that. Um, so yeah, it was for, for the most part, it was good. No crack in the case thing. I, I, I got a bit disinterested with that. I think it went a little bit too long, but, uh, I'm open. I'm, I wasn't as receptive, but I'm open to see what they're going to do with Cass. Uh, SmackDown, um, was, was great. Like you said, Nakamura Ziggler was a great match. It was good to see Chad Gable, you know, get a, uh, Get a spotlight. That was that was great, and how yeah, he was just man, yeah, how he was manhandling Kevin Owens was an incredibly impressive too. So, all right, real quick, let's get let's spend about four minutes on this flavor of the week. I just thought this was really funny, uh, so we'll be right back for the flavor of the week. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right, yeah, so uh, for the next few weeks, for ne- until Great Balls of Fire, we're going to highlight just the most random one-off pay-per-views in WWE. Uh, one of them was Capital Punishment 2011. I actually liked the pay-per-view. It was, it was a decent pay-per-view. We only have a few minutes, so just quick thoughts on Capital Punishment. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I, for some reason, I'm a, I've been a fan of our troops since K quick. There was something about him that I just wanted to be successful. And I was happy that he won the NWA world heavyweight championship a couple of times, uh, in TNA. So real quick, the, uh, results were Ziggler beating Kofi, winning the uh, United States championship, Alex Wright defeating the Miz. They kind of, uh, had that one-off match with their feud. Del Rio beating Big Show in a regular singles match, less than five minutes. Zico Jackson winning the uh, Intercontinental Championship by beating uh, Wade Barrett. CM Punk defeating Rey Mysterio. That was a really good match. Brandy um, Orton defeating Christian, uh, retaining the World Heavyweight Championship. 
and then uh, we have Evan, Evan Bourne defeating Jack Swagger, and then Cena defeating R Truth in a rather lengthy match. So, real quick, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on Capital Punishment? What grade would you give it? Um, I mean, as far as the actual action was concerned, you know, it wasn't a bad show, so I'd probably give it, you know, a C, C plus. But um, I, like you, I'm a big fan of R-Truth, especially during his heel period when he was, like, dressing up as a Confederate soldier and stuff. That was great. But uh, if you look at this card, other than... C-O-N conspiracy. Yeah, other other than the, the dark match tag team match that they had, that was a pay-per-view with eight singles matches, no tag teams, no women. It, it was just a really weird card. Yeah. And the dark match was uh, Santino and Kozlov, I think, against uh, Slater and Gabriel, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. So, yeah, great assessment. Real quick, Evan, what you got on, what was your great capital punishment? I give it a B. It actually was there live. It was in D.C. Um, uh, 70% of that card is no longer active in WWE, which I thought is hilarious. Um, R-Truth, I love this R-Truth doing his heel turn. He's the only man that took a water bottle and needed a deadly weapon. He not shit yeah. out on Raw two weeks before that. Um, and then uh, Christian and Orton, um, that match was great doing that great team. So, interview of all with us. It was decent. Like I said, yeah. And go through the go through the lineup and clean the dark match. About sixty five to seventy percent of that card is no longer in WWE. Very interesting. Let's I might actually see that. Um so yeah, I give it a B minus because I thought it was a pretty solid pay per view. I think, you know, yeah. I think it really was a good uh way to continue some fuse. There are some really good quality matches. I mean, I think Punk Mysterio was yeah. a really good match. Um, I think yep. uh, Orton and Christian was really good. They had some really good yep. matches throughout that time anyways. Um, I, I think that um, Cena and Truth was actually a pretty decent match. So. Yeah, it was good. And, it was, yeah. and, and, they, and the WWE actually did a pretty decent job making Truth look like a legitimate heel, you know, that was worthy of being, you know, becoming champion. So real quick before we end, uh, so uh, Vicky Guerrero's not there anymore. Alex Riley's not there anymore. Del Rio's not there anymore. Ezekiel's not there anymore. Wade Barrett, CM Punk, Rey Mysterio, Christian, Evan Bourne, Jack Swagger. Wow. So you had... So we'll just count... We'll count the the people will come Vicky too. So out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen people involved in the pay per view of the main stage. You have uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So ten out of seventeen. So that's a pretty uh <laughs> And three of the people in the dark match are gone. Yeah, that's true. So, 10 out of 17, that's approaching 60%. So, about about 60% of the... Yeah, that's wow, that's very impressive. That's impressive in a bad way. Probably had a couple uh, couple of referees, too, while you had it, because I think uh, the catch was there. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, (laughs) right. Tommy Young was there. Yeah. <laughs> he's, not, he's not there anymore. Sure, the also commentary teams were different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he probably had uh, Jim Ross. Uh, uh, yeah, JR. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you 
Lance Russell was there, so he's not there anymore. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. So I guess this is the Lance Russell tripping show. Uh, since we had a good one in Evansville. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, great stuff, man. Uh, Dave Brown was remember Dave Brown, his uh, his uh, 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 co-host or his, his color guy oh, and continental, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lance Russell and Dave Brown, man. I'm gonna go back and watch some continental stuff. It makes me it makes me want <laughs> to go back. Yeah. Uh, for for those listening, check out the Capital Punish, Punishment poster. Had a character of uh, Barack Obama. And, uh, and John Cena and oh, R Truth. Uh, well, John Cena and Rey Mysterio in front of the uh, Capitol uh, building, and uh, Barack yeah. Obama. And uh, yeah, so that was very interesting. All right, oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, everyone. Fantastic show. Had a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming back. We gotta have you back soon, man. This is a blast. Uh, real sure. quick, man. Give me, give me, give me ten seconds for the listeners of where to find you. Uh, I'm on Bleacher Report and uh, Twitter, BR underscore doctor. Awesome. Thanks so much, Chris. And of course, Evan Tech Prout, Under the Mat Radio, uh, 9 o'clock, right on Tuesdays or 7? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. And of course, here, follow Crave Wrestling at Crave Wrestling on Twitter, Crave Wrestling Facebook fan page. God bless you all. Fantastic night. We'll, uh, we're having. Uh, Next week, Arian Andrew is scheduled for the show, uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to Arian Andrew from Anona's Cameron. So hopefully uh, everything goes well and uh, she'll be on the show. Uh, if not, we'll have to watch you all. Good night.